hey, kids, get ready to surf the World Wide Web. Grab your boards. Remember the 90s? This is the Brainworms podcast. I think, isn't it? Where am I? Who are you? What, what the fuck? I'm Joe. I'm David. Chris? And I'm Kane. I have a name. I don't think these people. Um, and we're going to keep reading Castlevania Worlds of Power because I sent a message that's saying, hey, do you want to do another episode of Castlevania? The response I got was, was not David saying, I guess so. We might as well. <laughs> um, so here we all are. Yeah, literally the only response sent. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so let that be a lesson to you, kids. Democracy works. <laughs> That's true. If, if literally anyone had said, no, I don't want to do that, that sounds stupid and you're an asshole for suggesting it, I would have said, okay, and maybe found something better. So, yeah, Worlds of Power, um, a 90s mediocre at best in our experience, series of books intending to cash in on the youth video game playing market. <sighs> Which a 14-year-old child as understood by a 40-year-old adult man. Well, we say trans- child, but he's more half-child. He's, he's more chocolate than man. True. <laughs> <laughs> has been transported to the world of Castlevania... It's it's fine. Don't even worry about it. Um, apparently, in case you missed to catch you all up, it's uh, why are you listening to part three and need what? What? Just go back. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But in case you forgot or just can't be bothered, uh, Tim Bradley is a chocolate eating little whore who has no redeeming qualities except that he does a lot of puns apparently which even that i wouldn't call a redeeming quality yeah. neither yeah. no no yeah, there's not nothing really. redeeming about that if you uh, invited a guy over to my house whose one personality trait was just makes dad joke puns i would be say hey don't that, that's sort of like you know referencing not david and then saying like well at least he doesn't Set the place on fire. That's a redeeming quality. Except for that one time. Well, I mean, you've removed any type of fuel. <laughs> it's good. Thing. It's for your own protection, really. I don't want to exist. <laughs> yeah, none of us do. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, we're welcome to that. That's the the most person like thing I think you've said yet. <laughs> You are learning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so I hear you asking yourself as you do your monthly budget. I have between three and fifty dollars that I just have no use for every month. I I keep withdrawing it from the bank and putting it in the fireplace, but that seems silly. What am I to do with all of this extra money? Let me tell you what you can do with it. You can give it to us. We, we will use it for good things. Promise. Yeah, we'll use it to uh, feed, not David. Aren't uh, moon gulls, potentially. <clears throat> but if you're not in a position to do that, we get it. 
you know, money exists and there's not always a lot of it. But you do want to help us out. If you're listening to this podcast on Google Cast or Apple Podcast or our Obsidian Orb, go ahead and give us a good review. That That's good. It makes us look good and feel good. And of course, you know, share things on your social medias. Oh yeah, definitely. Talk about us on the Facebook. True. Okay. Oh no, uh, just you know, tweet things. I'm sure that's a thing people do still. Uh, Do your best to make a memetic out of us because memes are, uh, you know, extremely good advertising. Talk about us on the TikToks or whatever the kids are doing. I don't know. These are all garbage words that mean stuff, and it's somewhat upsetting. Welcome to 2020. But yeah, you know, if you have a friend that's like, man, it's really quiet in my house. I really need to hear the self-indulgent cackling of a bunch of weirdos. Just, just recommend us. Like, hey, I got something that'll fill that niche, that'll fill that brainworm-shaped hole in your heart. And really, what are brain worms for, if not for sharing? Always look on the bright side of hey, life. Hey, 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 hey. hey we, don't, we, we can't do that. That's a takedown <laughs> notice right there waiting to happen. Yep, yep, none of that. None of that. Sorry, right. BMI or whoever owns that. We didn't are we mean gonna, it. Are we going to read a book or, or what? Obviously, oh, we're just going to copyright infringe over and over again. Well, I mean, that's sort of the entire premise of our podcast. <laughs> this is legally transformative, used for purposes of review. Don't sue us, please, Scholastic, <laughs> if you haven't gone bankrupt. Is Scholastic please don't still sue. publishing books? I... Huh. I'm going to go with... I have no idea. All right, let me hook my cables. Uh, yes. Where are they now? Well, what about yeah. that? Apparently they made $1.6 billion in 2016. Well, how about... Okay, so you know what? No sympathy. I'm good. Yeah, don't, Wash, don't wash Your Fins, Baby Shark. That's a book that's going right now. And um, less sympathy. Sniff like a shark. That's that's in there. So they're they're just focusing on shark themed media these days. Oh no! Oh no! There's also all sorts of the ballad of songbirds and snakes, a graphic novel I survived, which just has the picture of a shark trying to eat children. And they employed uh, nearly pig. nine thousand people. Yeah. Low wages. Wanna, you want to dig into this? No, no, I don't. Let's let's move on. Talk about Tim Bradley, his chocolate addiction. Now oh, he's Castlevania's last hope because Simon Belmont is really, really stupid. Yeah, he's a humorless dumb. tool. Well, um, you know, he, he was aces at the original Castlevania, so obviously being transported into the world of Castlevania Two. Uh, he's going to have a leg up. I like to imagine Simon Belmont in this book dressed like the 70s, like open shirt, big gold medallion. 
<laughs> well, I hadn't previously, but now I won't be able to not. Nice. <laughs> I just, I just, as soon as you started saying, I just um, immediately thought of Adam from Prince Adam from Eternia. Oh yeah, but in somewhat gothy uh, clothes, but still very much so Prince Adam. So thanks, yeah. thanks for that. Okay, now I'm never going to be able to imagine anything other than Simon Belmont singing for non-blondes. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, 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 hey. hey look, we can't oh, keep oh, doing God, this, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get us. <laughs> well, I suppose we put this off long enough. Not valid for monetization. Chapter 10. A Rib Tickler Tim Bradley had seen some big fancy houses in his life, but never before had he seen anything like Berkeley Mansion. Wow, looks pretty intense, he told Simon Belmont. An interesting word for a house of evil, said Simon grimly. Simon looked ill, as though he were struggling with something inside him that he didn't want to talk about. Berkeley Mansion was a bad place before Dracula ever came to Castlevania. It is a house where a great baron once killed his entire family, his servants, and guests, and was there beheaded for his crimes by the law. They say that it is haunted by at least a thousand ghosts. How many people were in that so fucking family? At least a thousand. <laughs> Baron man, Berkeley that, was was a dark dude, man. Nope. Yeah, that, that's that's a lot of killing to squeeze into an evening. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of sex. I mean, to have that many families—that's well, his mean, entire. I, I'm assuming that also includes the servants and guests. Oh yeah. Oh, so he like had a party, and at that party was like, you know what? I'm tired of these people being alive, and then just murdered the shit out of everyone. Who was he, Agent 47? Like, to kill that many people without someone noticing, and then they all scatter? Like, he, he had to, like, have a plan. I don't well, get I'm that reference. Is that, uh, is that, like, the video game Hitman? Is that yeah. what that is? Okay, okay, sorry. I, uh, I'm just impressed by the fact that he apparently killed his entire family, his servants, and guests, which, if we're to believe what we just read, means a thousand people in ostensibly one night, um, but then was taken down by the law. The law right. Um, was, maybe was he did the, like, the poison in the wine cup move. Uh, yeah, he just poisoned everyone. And then, because, I mean, oh, yeah. If, yeah, that's... if you're killing people like a thousand at a time i'm thinking that they're gonna have a real hard time taking you down individually so yeah yeah probably poison well this might prove my lack of understanding of gaseous physics or whatever it's called <clears throat> but maybe all he had to do was like lock the doors and just with a thousand people in one building that, that, that that's a lot of carbon dioxide maybe they just used up all the air and suffocated that's i mean not, i figure someone would open a window yeah. Well, I, they wouldn't even have to. Like, you don't have to open a window unless the 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 building itself was like hermetically sealed. <laughs> like, it's 
With that it's, many bodies, though, like mm. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, air is going to get in through just small gaps and whatnot. That's why if you the mortar, it would get through the mortar, right? Yeah, I mean that. That's that's why if you're planning to, uh, you know, say, run a tube out of the exhaust of your car and suffocate yourself on carbon dioxide from your car exhaust, you want to make sure to use plenty of duct tape. This is heartwarming family content. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's just go back to the fact: who was the law? Who was the, the, law? the law? Who? Like, no, just the law. Literally, oh. an entity like the <laughs> law just showed up and beheaded him. I don't remember that boss in Castlevania <laughs> Two, Simon's Quest. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, because the law was a uh, was such a well established uh, thing, you know, before it was an entity outside of just what the hierarchy said was right and wrong. Yeah. Um. We're going to assume that uh, by the law, they mean not just a mob of people who said, holy shit, that guy is evil. Let's <laughs> grab him and kill him. Which honestly would be a better way to answer that. That like Instead of he was beheaded for his crimes by the law, why not the local populace after having their friends and family murdered by fucking Baron Berkeley went to his house and torched him? Also, uh, well, because you can't allow people to solve their own problems. <laughs> yeah, you have to rely <laughs> on authority figures. Yeah. Also, uh, hate uh, everything <laughs> for for an enraged mob. Um, killing him is one of the better outcomes of what could happen to to you if you have an, a, a mob enraged at you. That's that's one of the best outcomes aside from escaping. <laughs> yep, basically. This house certainly looked like a haunted house, from the gothic architecture to the creepy mist that overhung it like a grave shroud. Even from the outside, he could smell rotting timbers and the mustiness of hundreds of years of misuse. This was one creepy place. Prepare, Timothy Bradley, for experiences that shall stretch and perhaps distort your mind. Except that he's part of the games. <laughs> Gonna hey, Jim, do drugs. You want to do some fucking PCP? <laughs> <laughs> a smile touched Simon Belmont's lips. As we enter the doors of this great house, I am reminded of the beginning of one of your jokes, Timothy Bradley. Knock, knock. Tim looked at Simon and then back at Berkeley Mansion. You want me to say, who's there? Well, I'm not going to, he took in a long breath, because I don't really want to know. That was awful. Well, that's, that's, that's all the buildup of, like, the buildup of the entire book of him liking jokes for this payoff. <laughs> <laughs> because this situation is so bad that even candy gobbler Tim Bradley just doesn't appreciate a joke. Also, I'm going to roll a d20 on disbelieving that uh, Simon wants to hear one of Tim's jokes. I think this is Dracula acting through him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, 
I'm really genuinely curious what Simon Belmont's knock knock joke in that circumstance would have been. But we'll never know. Let that. Oh my haunt God, you. we won't. We won't let no. that, that <laughs> haunt you. Consider me haunted. Ba -da -ba -ba. Tim Bradley had always wondered what a video game would look like if it became real. It would yeah. just be uh, real. Right. <laughs> 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 it's like, I wonder what the Mona Lisa would look like if it was real. Yeah. Like, it would just be Mona Lisa, you twit. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to blow your mind or anything, but paintings are real. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Admittedly, this is the Nintendo era where they had like 12 pixels to make everything. Right. Right. But so still, maybe... it's a it's a mimicry of reality. But yeah, he'd always wondered about how the strange zigs and zags of a game would translate into three dimensions, along with taste and smell. However, he truly had never wanted to know what Castlevania would look like. It was too <laughs> scary to contemplate. Damn, it's the only game you play. Also, also like, he, he wondered what it would taste and sound like, and now I'm just picturing Timothy licking his, his, his screen. Like, what do the pixels taste like? Chocolate. <laughs> what do these make me bigger mushrooms taste like? I must know. <laughs> well, they're, they're not, they're not delicious. <laughs> However, now he knew, and the truth was not pleasant. This whole dimension seemed somehow tilted like an old horror movie. This was certainly the case with the interior of Berkeley Mansion. The floors and the ceilings and the walls just weren't square, just did not meet at right angles. The place not only smelled of old shoes and dead socks, it smelled of forgotten things in the back of the refrigerator. It smelled of a terrible past unearthed, something better off buried. What do a live sock smell like? Don't, don't ever fucking ask that question. <laughs> now that's going to haunt me. <laughs> the door was no problem. There was living no door. socks was a dark time and I can't go back there. <laughs> Would they, like, talk? Would they talk back at you? Like, don't put me on your feet! Your feet suck! They would kill. <laughs> I feel like, uh... Like, oh, what the hell's the name of that uh, sock puppet? Chester and Ollie? Civil uh, and Ollie. Civil and Ollie, yeah. That's a reference, holy shit. <laughs> I thought uh, you were gonna say Lamb Chop. Oh, no, no. But, uh, that's a live sock, right? Yeah, I suppose so. There you go. So, whatever Civil and Ollie smell like, that's what... Wow, this went weird. I haven't yeah. thought about fucking yeah. Civil and Ollie probably since it was on television. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, so... Uh, well, it's hard to get context clues from your small cage box on the moon, so... Um, you can... Google it later. It'll tell you everything you need to know. I'm not going to do that. That's probably true of everyone who hears me say that. <laughs> <laughs> they walked into the main hallway through the sagging open doorway. 
Draperies and tapestries hung in ruins all about a great hall to the right. Clutter and antiques lay strewn in the wreckage. Which way? Simon wondered, stroking his chin. I would think down, wouldn't you? suggested Tim. Why would you say that? I don't know. Dracula always likes to be close to the earth. Reminds me of the joke. Why does a vampire take cold medicine? Simon made a face. To stop coughing! I do not understand the joke, but your reasoning is correct. What else do you see here in this room that you think gives us information or might be of use? I don't know what's worse, how stupid that joke is, or the fact that Simon is too stupid to get it. <laughs> well, no, no I, th I think Simon got it. It just wasn't funny. That's very, very true. But also, you know, in in some defense of something, I don't know, uh, they probably don't have cough medicine in Castlevania. Probably give you, like, liquid mercury or something. <laughs> Just laudanum. <laughs> Take your laudanum and shut up. Laudanum and honey? Yeah. Oh, you have a yeah, cold? I imagine you've all Take seen it. Opium. About, like, old-timey pharmacists. Oh, you're full of ghosts. Take some cocaine for it. <laughs> <laughs> you're full of ghosts. Here, take some cocaine. Call me in the morning. It's uh, not going to help you. Here, you're full of ghosts. Take this cocaine and call me in the morning on the phone that doesn't exist yet. And we'll just give it a few decades and the Bayer Corporation will save us all. That was a joke about heroin. I don't listen to hip-hop. Eh, well, you're missing out. Yeah. It's actually not true. I've listened to a lot of it lately. <laughs> all right, where the hell am I? Uh, I ask myself that all the time. Yeah, oh. we're still stuck on that joke. I think that's that's where we yeah, yeah, we're got still, off track. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah. <sighs> I do not understand the joke, but your reasoning is correct. What else do you see here in this room that you think gives us information or might be of use? Tim surveyed the cluttered chamber. Good thought. You know, the thing about Nintendo games is that there's always something around somewhere that you need to use somewhere else. Like a wall chicken. That's not going to be true. wall chicken. I hope it's a wall chicken. <laughs> This is not a game of any kind, said Simon sternly. This is deadly serious. Yes, yes, I know. But, I still... On it. <laughs> but I still think we should look for something that doesn't seem to belong here. Something that looks like it might be useful later. Tim began to walk among the odds and ends. Now, look at this, for instance. He picked up a broken cuckoo clock. A bird on a broken spring hung out of it like a weird alien tongue. I don't see a thing that this would be good for. He tossed the thing back into a heap of junk. Hey, it's at least right twice a day. True. But this, I don't know. It may be a possibility. He bent Come down on, and pointed it. point and click adventure? <laughs> <laughs> like Maniac Mansion? Exactly like Maniac Mansion. I'd, I'd, play that, I'd play that Castlevania game. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, like a mist-style Castlevania? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the campy silliness of 
Maniac Mansion, it's, but yeah. as a Castlevania. Yeah, yeah, Maniac Mansion, Night of the Tentacles, uh, Monkey Island. Mania. Yeah, the Monkey Island game. Yeah. That's the I, second biggest monkey head I've ever seen. He bent down and pointed at something on the ground. What is it? asked Simon. It was an arrow. But not just any arrow. It looked like an Indian arrow, with colorful feathers on one end and a stone arrowhead on the other. Oh, that's culturally sensitive. Yeah. Look at where it's pointed, said Tim. At the fireplace. So? I guess you wouldn't know, but these kind of mansions always have hidden passages, and they usually have them behind the fireplaces with marble mantelpieces. Simon looked puzzled. Why is that? Because of these, Tim walked toward the fireplace. On top of the mantelpiece was a row of candlesticks. For hidden passages, you need handle openers. He pulled on one of the candles. It was just a candlestick, and it came off. Ha! So much for your theories. So wait, are, are, are we not going to address how a... North American, a North American native arrow crossed an ocean to get to this continent. I, I kind well, of well, like mean, ocean. reference to, mention, to like. Dimensions. Does anyone want to hack that? Yeah, but we. No one seemed to take the ball. But. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it might just be because Tim's an idiot and he doesn't realize that just all arrows look like that. Right. <laughs> Well, no, it's because the grown man that's writing the book mm-hmm. is from the 1950s, and so that was oh, all yeah. that was all cool, like you know, cops and robbers, right? Um, cowboys and Indians, that kind of stuff. I mean, and let's let's just be honest; that sort of thing was still very rampant in the 90s. It's still pretty rampant now. Um, <laughs> Washington <clears throat> football team, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I I understand that this guy is from a different time period. That doesn't excuse the fact that this setting is Northern Europe. (laughs) Sure. It's not, though. I mean, it's it's a dimension of a video game that is... A mimicry of planet Earth. No. There's never been a place called Castlevania. They are currently in a place that is called Castlevania. But yeah, what the I, I don't know what they're trying to do with the air. I don't either. It, I, it I, I think it's um. It hurts to think about it too much. Like, why wouldn't it be a crossbow bolt? Right. <laughs> initially, I kind of had a thought about like you know, Scholastic is just contemptuous of its audience. They're like, yeah, fucking ship it out. It's for kids. Who cares? But how much fucking amyl nitrate was this <laughs> publishing house on? That they read this book and you know ran it through their editorial process and we're like yeah this is fine all of this is fine nine to fourteen are going to eat this up this is a good book well you know probably the intention here and the reason that it was specifically designed to look like a quote Indian arrow with colorful feathers on one end and a stone arrowhead on the other, was so that it would be something that was completely out of place, so that it could be noticed, because this is a dimension that is a video game, 
And so even though the weirdness of Simon Belmont being a real person wandering around who knows that he's in a video game dimension doesn't quite realize that things are going to exist here on like stupid logic sure of this thing is here and out of place to help you solve the mystery it's confusing and upsetting to me that we're operating from a place where simon belmont doesn't know that castles have secret passages in them <sighs> what There were ten brass candlesticks on the mantelpiece, any one of which might be the secret handle that opened a hidden door. Tim tried another candlestick. No go. Another. Nope. He started to get worried. Gee, I don't know. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe sticking out from the fireplace was an old grate. Looking over to Simon, he did not see it. He tripped over it falling flat on his face. Oof, he said. His dignity was hurt far worse than his body. Tim, are you all right? Simon rushed over to check, suddenly all seriousness again. Yeah, stupid of me, but I'm kind of a klutz at home anyway. I... Wait, what's that sound? The sound was a metallic scraping, like cement skidding along a steel floor. Which is a weird thing. Like, why wouldn't it be... You know what? I don't even care. <laughs> Tim looked around at the same time that Simon did. One of the dusty, cobwebby panels inside the fireplace was slowly sliding away, opening a section of musty, mysterious darkness. Simon looked down at his fallen friend. It would appear that I have an apology to make, Timothy Bradley. Well. Wow. There is a secret corridor. Fear tickled his backbone. On the other hand, how do we know for sure that this isn't a trap? It's a perception check. <laughs> <laughs> or just move your cursor around the room, clicking on pixels until something happens. Right. <laughs> Simon shook his head. A trap would be more alluring, more obvious. No, you've done no. well. It would have chocolate in it. <laughs> <laughs> just a giant Hershey Big Block. Or it would just be a giant axe blade that comes up out of the floor Ooh. that collapses under you for no reason after you have to like struggle to pry open the locked door into the goddamn janitor's closet. I think it would be like a stack of two skulls, one facing one way and one facing another. Oh, yeah. And they would just shoot fire randomly. So yeah. You could yeah. time it out just right to you know, jump over the one and, and hit it with, a, oh, yeah, Con continue. A scything blade that flies back and forth and you have to run across at just the right time. Yeah, yeah. Let us progress. We, after all, have the torches we got at the inn to light our way. Yeah, let's just try not to burn down anything. This looks like a real fire trap here. Simon started for the passageway. His touch held out damp. before him. I thought everything was stone. I thought none of this made any sense. 
A sudden gust of wind blew out from the passageway, blowing out both torches. The room was plunged into darkness. Well, so much for that, said Tim. Wait a minute, though. That arrow. You know, maybe there's something magical about that arrow. I mean, it did show us the way to the passage. What do you mean? Just a hunch. I mean, this sounds just like something from a video game. You need to find objects. You need to use objects. And sometimes, those objects work together. So I can't, I can't begin to tell you how interesting this is. This is His for people that have fireplace. never played a video game before. That are somehow reading this book without any kind of concept of like video games and how they work. Um, yeah, it's to fill it's, up space. It's, that's yeah, literally it's, what it is. But it's <laughs> neither. It's it's neither playing a new game which is fun nor is it good writing which is fun so yeah. it's just the like this horrible in-between zone yeah it's pretty again pretty much... i would argue that if, if tim wasn't involved and this was just simon belmont going on a cool castle the, the, the writing would probably be no better but at least the story would be interesting i don't know that's how you get solid justin oh good point about solid justin and dre <laughs> don't forget about dre i didn't good for you sometimes those objects work together so it follows that the arrow may affect whatever magic we've already gotten the crystal the crystal we got at the church it's worth a try right Tim heard the sound of uncertain footsteps as Simon searched his way back to the arrow. With a grunt, he knocked into something. Tim could hear the sounds of his hands feeling about the floor. Found it, he said. Was he just punching the ground trying to find it? Is that... I hope so. <laughs> like, like, boom, 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 boom. Found it! <laughs> his knuckles are just split open. <laughs> yeah, but I found it. He can't punch that hard, let's be real. Why well, he has a whip. But he can whip open parts of the wall so that he can find turkeys inside of them. Okay, take the crystal and touch the arrowhead to it. Very well. It was like turning on an electric light bulb. The crystal ignited with a white light that lit the whole section of the room. Simon gasped with surprise and wonder, blinking with the brightness. It's I think that'll do the it's trick. Like the, the first time he's done this. I mean, it's probably I, how many times have you touched an arrowhead to a crystal and had it turn on light? The same amount of times that I've gone on vampire hunts. Uh, well, you know, we all have to start somewhere. I think that'll do the trick, said Tim, brushing himself off as he got up. Still, since you've got the light, maybe you should go first. Yes, said Simon. Bring the torches, though. We could find a light later, and who knows how fickle this magical light will be. The passageway proved as dusty and murky as Tim had expected, but otherwise it was bare of danger. They followed it to a set of stairs which they descended. Three flights down, they came to a dead end. Simon, using the light, 
scoured the walls for some sort of opening. Found nothing. Well, this is a fine fix, said Tim, shaking his head. I don't know, though. It doesn't really make sense, though, does it? I mean, why would there be a stairway down to a dead end? You are the puzzle solver, Timothy. You know, you can call me Tim. Tim. Somehow it doesn't sound right. He stepped very close to the wall to inspect it closely, holding the arrow and the crystal up for better illumination. And a very strange thing happened. The crystal dulled in its brilliance. The closer the magic got to the wall, the lower dipped the light. (sighs) (sighs) Simon stared at this phenomenon for a moment, drawing the crystal back and forth in the air to determine if, in fact, it was the wall that was dimming the crystal. Something evil is blocking this passageway, he said. Which means that it may be something that is protecting the rib of Dracula. That's that. It's implied. <laughs> you asshole. It looks that way, but how are we going to unblock it? We're not magicians. Should I start telling the wall jokes? Hey, wall. What's the stuff between an elephant's toes? No, no. This time, I know what to do. Simon dug into his pack and drew out the large flask filled with the holy water they had received from the monk. If indeed this is evil, it's not going to like this. He tossed a splash of the water upon the wall. The effect was immediate. It was as if Simon had tossed a stick of dynamite. With a prevalent... With a profound kablam, the whole wall caved in with a cloud of dust. Tim took in a lungful and began coughing himself hoarse. However, he was gratified to see that the crystal was fairly bursting now with brilliance. I'm glad that Tim is so intelligent that when like a cloud of dust erupts, he just goes... <gasps> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. going to cause him problems down the road. Might not have directly negatively affect him right now aside from some coughing and some slight irritation but uh okay. you know, when you get concrete or whatever dust in your in your lungs this is a bad place to be not to mention that this was explicitly an evil wall yeah. evil concrete yes yeah. that's even worse he just, he even just worse. breathed in evil concrete i'm sorry tim it's over for you buddy no amount <laughs> of chocolate's gonna fix that <laughs> <laughs> no it might make the passing easier since you love chocolate so much, but this is over. You will not have children, which honestly, you know, probably not, for the best. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. You cough, cough. We're right, Simon. Which reminds me of the joke about Simon held up a hand. Shh. Look into the next room, Tim. He held forth the white crystal, which cast forth its light deep into the adjacent chamber. Tim looked, and astonishment overtook him. Goodness! Well, don't just stand there, came a cackling voice like something out of a rest home for witches. Enter, if you dare! (laughs) Is the laugh in that? No. No. Quit making making this book more interesting by adding things. (laughs) 
game hint. Yay! Yay, game hint. This is my favorite part. <laughs> to get to the last two mansions, bring the red crystal to Deborah Cliff and ride the tornado. Nice. Let's ride the tornado. Sounds like Ooh. drug lingo. Sounds like Pecos Bill. Yeah, it definitely sounds like Pecos oh. Bill. Chapter 11. Miss Ezadorada. What? Chapter 11. Miss Ezadorada. What? Miss Ezadorada? Miss Ezadorada. What's okay. Ezadorada? No, no, I, 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 I think it's supposed to be a Romani person. Ezadorada. Oh, wait. <laughs> Ever fucking sing the Eagles in my presence. Yeah. In fact, I, I vote that we take his legs off, too. <sighs> Just want them for yourself. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it'd he's, be a match. He's he's not going to graft them on. He's just going to stick like sticks down the, the bones and then like using his hands, walk, like try to imitate. You don't know what I was going to do. <laughs> you have no idea what I was going to do. You have no idea what I've set up in this room. <laughs> the next chamber was not the stark cellar room that Tim Bradley had expected. Far from it. Instead, it looked as though they had just knocked down the wall of Ye Olda Curiosity Shoppa. Wait, what? 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 At the very least, it seemed to be some sort of room filled with antique chairs, lamps, mirrors, knickknacks, doodads, and whatnots, to say nothing of what's its. Is that and yeah. is that antiques relative to this time period or relative yeah. to Timothy's modern no, day time why period? Why are we glossing over ye olde curiosity shoppa? Like what? <laughs> why why do we move past? What is an olde shoppa? Is is that just a fancy way of saying like a shop of curiosities? No, I, I, like like ye olde times. So I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, spelled in old English for no reason. Like the um, way they spell everything at the Renaissance Fair. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, you know, 9 to 14 kids are totally going to get Old English. I mean, that's about the time you start reading Chaucer and stuff, so I, it's fine. Whatever. I wouldn't know. I was homeschooled. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said to you. <laughs> Questions? Are answered. <laughs> in the very middle of the room, sitting in a creaky old rocker, was a creaky old lady with a very large black Creaky cat. black cat. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not creaky. Just very uh, large black cat. This saddens me. It should be creaky. Shouldn't it be like, like an every equally creaky old lady? It should be every adjective about her should be creaky. I just want every adjective in this book from now on to be creaky. <laughs> oh god, we said creaky so many times that it's lost like its meaning. I forget what uh, that's called. Semantic satiation. Thank you. <laughs> that is one of my favorite phenomena. <laughs> in the very middle of the room, sitting in a creaky old rocker, was a creaky old lady. With a very large oh, black cat. Creaky. 
square in the middle of her ample lap, purring as it was petted. Come in, come in, you two. I'm not going to bite, I promise, she said with a reassuring matronly smile. Why do you have a lap rider means that old lady was... Didn't she say enter if you dare? And also, why why is she employing the use of an evil wall? I can't thank you enough for knocking down that stupid, silly wall. I was just thinking about trying to start chipping away at it with one of these sweet little antique sledgehammers over there. And that wouldn't have been very ladylike, (laughs) now would it? That's what? very convenient. Okay, so wait, hang on. Wait. So wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. So she's saying it. She's in world, so this stuff is antique relative to these people. An antique sledgehammer? Like, a sledgehammer comes from modern day. Yeah. So, so this is like a Dark Ages era sledgehammer, babe. No, 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 no. Further back than that, that because it's antique. No, because it's antique in relative to the old lady. Oh, right. Also, like, I mean, not for nothing, but sledgehammer technology hasn't really changed. Well, I, I... I mean, it's just a big, heavy weight on a stick. So, yeah. yeah I, like, I, I don't, like... Also, why is it there? Who put it there, and why? <laughs> I think she's going to tell us. I don't... She's yes. going to. She's going to tell us. I hope so. Please deliver, OP. OP never delivers. Even though she was old and wrinkled, she was somehow very pretty. Well, age as much? What the fuck? What the hell? The writer of, of this book, FX9. With a wealth of blonde curls above her head and a set of healthy white teeth behind a brilliant smile. I, I I really thought he was going to go to boobs with, like, the healthy comment. I was just like, oh, God, no. I don't want to go here. Why would you think he was going to boobs? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's not that kind of a book goes for 14-year-olds. <laughs> also, considering the age of this writer, he may want to consider ditching the whole I'm not attracted to wrinkles thing. Because, you know, we're uh... getting there, pal. Her eyes were bright blue. She fairly glowed with kindness, only dimmed by the paleness of being inside for so long. What was she eating? What was she breathing? What was she that already. Like, um, aside no, from his mother? No, she's walled in, like Cask of Montiato style. No, no, she's not. Um, we don't know. We only know that she's in a room... That looks like ye old curiosity shop, with a cat on her lap, sitting in a chair. With a bunch of hammers. She's just been eating cat poop the whole time. Um, Aside from his mother, there hasn't been a female character in this book. Well, don't don't forget Simon's uh, phantasm. No, 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 there have been other female characters, but not ones that that Tim hasn't eye-banged. Oh. (laughs) That's true. Well, he is a teenage boy. That's true. The the writer does not have that much insight. Tim liked her immediately. He had the feeling that not only was she of no harm to them, she might even be of help. Simon evidently had the same impression. Tim could sense him relaxing his guard. 
However, do you find yourself down here, madam? he asked politely. If Simon had been wearing a hat, Tim suspected that the valiant hero would have taken it off. The old is, woman's eyes... Is he an incel? <laughs> I, no, it's voluntary. The old woman's eyes fairly glittered with good humor. Well, now there's an interesting story for you. But first things first. My name is Ezadorada Perkins. That's stupid. <laughs> Ezadorada Perkins. It's just okay. stupid. And pray tell, who are these old eyes gazing upon? Tim and Simon introduced themselves. Simon Belmont. Well, hush my puppies. It's a cat. <laughs> you wouldn't remember this, but I dandled you on my knee when you were just knee-high to a bat. What? Ezadorada put her what? hand up to her mouth. Oh dear, how unfortunate a term. Especially in these circumstances. Especially since no one ever used that term. Is this still the book, or have I just disassociated into some kind of hallucination? I don't know, but I smell toast. <laughs> it's working. It's finally working. I will be the real one. <laughs> Go ahead with your story, urged Tim. Oh, please, don't. Please, please don't. Please, please don't. Oh dear, of course. How I do go on sometimes. She giggled almost girlishly. You must understand that I am the caretaker of Berkeley Mansion. Caretaker, said Tim, unable to hide his surprise. Immediately, he was embarrassed about his blurting out. But by the look of amusement in Ezadorada Perkins' eyes, he could see that she didn't take it as an insult. Oh, you, I just, I just want Granny Weatherwax to suddenly bust through the the cellar wall and beat this lady to death with a shillelagh. Oh my God, yes, I just want to please. Read book. Also, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Any God, I love Granny Weatherwax. Not what you think, Tim. You see, I take care that Berkeley Mansion looks ramshackle. I distribute the cobwebs, the dust, and the clutter just so. A work of art, I say, and it took years to get it this way. That's stupid. I actually kind of think this is a humorous like, thought. Maybe like, like the, the, this idea deserves a better book to be in. <laughs> I agree with that, actually. <laughs> I'm just picturing this old lady like, meticulously setting up the cobwebs. and. <laughs> And now that rascal Dracula has me locked down here, unable to appreciate my own handiwork. I'm not anymore. Saddle, rapscallion. You can go wander around. However, thanks to you all, I am now free again. I can go up and drift through my lovely rooms and enjoy the delightful dilapidation. That's all very well and good. Isodorata Perkins, said Simon. Uh, I hate that name so much. However, we must tell you that we are on a very important quest. Oh, yes, of course. You must be after the rib of Dracula. Well, it's downstairs, <laughs> and you're welcome to it as far as I'm it, concerned. I really want her to say, you're after the rib of Dracula. It's right here in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Hold chewing on, on it. <laughs> my cat's eating it. <laughs> 
<laughs> have to fight her for it. Yeah, suddenly the boss music starts. I just think that she used to have like twelve cats. <laughs> yeah, how long and, has she been stuck in that room? Yeah. That's why this cat is so large, is that they've both <laughs> been feasting on the other cats. Kind of where Joe's going to be if society explodes. Yeah, yeah. I hope Nigel makes it. You mean my cat? Yes, yes. What a pretty cat he is. Yeah. Well, yes, of course, you must be after the rib of Dracula. Well, it's downstairs, and you're welcome to it as far as I'm concerned. It's caused me absolutely nothing but a headache. The way it pounds on its drum sometimes. Pounds on a drum? said Tim. Yes, well, it hasn't got much else it can do, being just a ribbon all. It's and forming I must... a band. <laughs> and I must say, it must feel a bit isolated without the rest of Dracula to keep it company. So it's got this silly drum, and sometimes it pounds on it. Well, why what did you, you give think? it the drum? <laughs> what the hell? When you're reading, when we're listening to David read these books, is there a moment where it stops sounding like words and just becomes noises? You have to like really refocus your brain, or is that just something that I experience? Um, my primary method of intaking literature has always been audiobooks. I'm, I'm just more of an audio-oriented person, so no. It's not. It's just the the things that we read on this podcast. <laughs> I have that problem with. They, they don't necessarily maintain any kind of actual meaning. Yeah. Yeah. It just it becomes noise. The signal to noise ratio is all off. It's like somebody just took a bunch of words and pasted them to a wall and then took a Tommy gun <laughs> and just sprayed that wall and then went through and with no particular order, just things that sort of made sentences. They just grabbed those words and threw them into a worlds of power book. Like those poetry magnets that everybody had in the, like in the mid two thousands. Yeah. Or like burrows. Yeah, yeah. I must say, it must feel a bit isolated without the rest of Dracula to keep it company. So it's got this silly drum, and sometimes it pounds on it. What do you think? You think maybe it reminds it of the beat of its owner's heart? I wouldn't think that Dracula had a heart, said Tim. Oh, yes. And that is shit on anatomy. I was actually just about to ask, um, since Dracula is undead, wouldn't his heart be still? I mean... Depends on your vampire lord. Okay. Yeah. Did did they establish in this that Dracula came from our world to the world of Castlevania? Nope. Okay. Because they've talked about how Dracula showed up there hasn't always been there and i'm wondering if like the the implication was that he after the events of the book dracula disappeared into castlevania but i guess that's outside the scope of this particular drama no like according to this book castlevania one happened except when it didn't and that's all the lore we have 
Right, right. I wouldn't think that Dracula had a heart, said Tim. Oh, yes, and that is one of the things we must find, said Simon. A heart, yes, but definitely a very black heart. <laughs> yes, well... Yes, well, I dare say, said Ezadorada. None of my business. But anything I can do against Count Dracula will do my heart good. How can you help us, then? asked Simon. Hmm, let me see. Ezadorada stroked her double chin. The fuck was that necessary for? The fat shaming as well as ageism. Yeah. Well, for starters, I can tell you how to get down safely to where the rib is located. And I suppose I might give you what you need to take the rib safely. You suppose? Tricky business at best, that. And mind you, Count Dracula's minions may be stupid, but the Count himself isn't. He's set up some safeguards for his rib. We are prepared. Sorry, cat, but you're going to have to get off, said Ezadorada, gently lifting the fat cat from her lap and placing it down on the floor. Yeah, they've then. been eating the other cats. Let's see what we've got here. Disposing the antiques with piss. <laughs> <laughs> she turned yeah, her I attention. I see a litter box. <laughs> it's an antique litter box. <laughs> Full of antique litter. <laughs> and antique piss. Antique piss. <laughs> They're all antique piss. <laughs> she turned her attention to a pile of junk in the middle of the room, pulling this out, pushing that aside. Sewing scissors. No. Thread. Won't help. Curling iron. Maybe with Dracula's hair, but not his rib. Nine millimeter semi-automatic handgun. This should do the trick. Was <laughs> he nine millimeter? AK-47. Absolutely, positively must kill every motherfucker in the room, except no substitute. She pulled out an old boot, a hat, a bicycle pump. You find some strange things in haunted houses. Is she from another timeline? What the fuck? Look, let's just, let's just, let's just... Move through this. Why does she have curling irons and bicycle pumps that are antiques? You find some strange things in haunted houses, she explained. Even ghosts sometimes. Ah, what do you know? Here's something I think you'll be able to use. A stake. Like Tim- a porterhouse or... Like, like, it. thanks, it's a stick. I can just go out to the spooky woods and get like 10 of those lady it's fine (laughs) (laughs) there's a chair here allow me to break a leg off i now have a steak tim blinked what to eat after we cook it on the barbecue with the rib Uh. no no you clearly think in puns young man an unhealthy habit yes yes tell him she held up a length of wood a steak Oh, thought Tim, that kind of stake. It was long and had one blunt end and one pointed end. 
This is the kind That's of what a steak is. you'll need to deal with Dracula, said the old woman. She thrust it into Simon's hands. Go down the staircase past that door. Take a left at the bottom. His torso. Watch out for the troll. Call you names on the internet. Like 4chan? My name is Sergeant Detroitus. <laughs> You're welcome. That was specifically for David. You'll see the dungeon to your left. There are skeletons hanging from chains. That's how you'll know you're in the right dungeon. Get past whatever monsters lurk down there, climb the steps, touch the rib with the stake, and hey, it's all yours. How do you know any of this? Bring it up here, dearies, so I can have a look at it, all right? She started going through the junk on the floor again, humming a tune to herself, suddenly totally oblivious to the presence of the two heroes in her room. I mean, that's a tall order for that kind of a two heroes in the room yeah not yet he's he's working (laughs) on it he's getting there (laughs) you'll give us more directions when we get back Hmm? she turned around smiling happily upon them well of course i will loves and also there might be another goodie or two that i unearth from this pile with your names on it toddle off now then have a good time mind the monsters Oh, and if you see the spirit of Dracula pop up, give the old blackguard my worst, will you? With that, Ezidorata Perkins turned her attention back to her work. You know, it's weird and out of place and just not great, and it is a terrible character name, but this has been my favorite part of this so far. Like, yeah. I just I I I'm with Chris on this. I appreciate the uh weird like just oddity of that. Sure. Yeah. Off then said Simon Belmont, pointing with the stake toward the door. To the dungeon. To the dungeon with a bludgeon, said Tim Bradley. And off they went. Why'd you have to ruin it, Tim? To ruin it. It's like the book had to remind us. Yep. Like, remember, this is real stupid. Oh, you are experiencing a a small amount of joy? (laughs) Let's (laughs) put a stop to that right quick. If the previous part of Berkeley Mansion had been dirty, then the dungeons below could be called absolutely undeniably and irrefutably totally filthy. In short, a real mess. Maybe we should fire up the torches again, huh? said Tim, chilled to the bone with the cold gloom into which they were descending. No, we shall make do with the white crystal. Look, see how nicely it glows, so close to the stake. This oaken stake must have magical properties as well. Good magical properties. Well, all I can say is that I wish the good lady litter had given us a magical heater. Like a, he- beginning- like a heater shield? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think so. Although that would probably also be useful. You're beginning to complain too much, Timothy Bradley. Yeah, Did you think- <laughs> Did you think that a quest of this nature would be comfortable? Yes, he's a child. <laughs> And he didn't ask to come. Did they, like, 
last starfighter him? Yeah, that's that's exactly. Okay. Wait, keep going. I want to see if Simon hits him. <laughs> Tim thought about that. True. When he sat down for a game of Castlevania, it was usually in his temperature-controlled room at home, be it air-conditioned or heated. All I, I can say... you didn't know what temperature-controlled meant. All I can say is this experience certainly makes me appreciate heroes more. He rubbed his rumbling stomach. Especially hero sandwiches. Boy, could I use one right now. A with some ham sandwich. and cheese, salami and lettuce, tomato. Oh, Gee, don't forget the hot peppers. Hold the mayo. You're a very strange young man, said Simon. He's not going to hit him. Tim laughed. He thought about digging into his pack for another hunk of chocolate. Oh my god. <laughs> but he'd eaten so many already that he had to admit that even in this frightening and suspenseful moment, he couldn't possibly indulge himself in another. It was on the lower level, just where the lady caretaker had told them to expect it, that Tim and Simon encountered the troll. So wait, was, Tim turned down chocolate. Someone check his retinas, get his blood pressure, <laughs> heart rate, <laughs> check his vitals. He's, uh, he's, he's growing as a person, you guys. It's his... he, he just ate so much that he's going to vomit <laughs> if he eats more. He's not like making a moral choice. Yeah, he's just eating so much that he's, <laughs> he doesn't feel good as it is. He's not diving on a grenade. Don't you see the route to becoming a truly well-rounded and responsible adult human person and a hero in your own right is to stop having a sense of humor and give up the things that you enjoy. I mean, that's not completely wrong. It's, it's, it's not. It's depressing as fuck, but it's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It was on the lower level, just where the lady caretaker had told them to expect it, that Tim and Simon encountered the troll. It was not quite what they had expected. Chapter 12. Stakeout. That it was a monster, there can be no doubt. That it was the most peculiar monster that Tim Bradley had ever seen in all the movies, comics, or television he'd experienced, there could be no doubt either. Good grief, Tim gasped, getting his sword ready. Prepare for battle, my fine assistant, shouted Simon Belmont, brandishing his whip. I think we shall have an excellent little tussle against this one. Mm. The monster was tall. It walked like a man, but that was where the resemblance ended. Its face was lizard-hide. Its head looked as though someone had jammed a basketball through its fanged mouth. It looked, what? thought Tim, like, a, like the creature from the Black Lagoon after a long spell on the wrong side of the lead shield in a nuclear reactor. Yeah, because all the kids are going to know what the creature from the Black Lagoon is. I mean, I, I, it's, it's not... You know, that was still pretty... Pretty well known in the '90s, maybe because of Monster Squad and you know things like that. But and skateboards, <laughs> and skateboards, yeah, that's true. 
Arrgh, it growled. Back, O oh villainous creature of the night, said Simon Belmont, bringing his arm back for a snap of the whip. Hey, hold on there, said the thing. I said arg because I just stubbed my toe trying to get away from you guys. You want to give me a break? I do not trust you, said Simon, and he flung the whip over his shoulder, preparing to strike. However, Tim stepped in and stayed Simon's hand, causing the whip to strike the wall instead of the monster. Why did you do that? screamed Simon Belmont, his face growing red. I don't remember if anger is one of those seven deadly sins, said Tim, but you sure are getting out of control. I don't care how ugly the thing is. It's asked for a chance to explain what it's up to. Um, wrath, Tim. Wrath is definitely one of those <sighs> seven deadly sins. There's only seven of them, dude. Come on. Like, these are important. Yeah, it's hard to remember things when all you've eaten for sustenance is a bag of Halloween candy. All right? Give him a break. <laughs> but it is a creature of Dracula, said Simon, growing more furious. Hey, simmer down, Simon. It looks like you're more of a creature of Dracula now than it is. I mean, show a little mercy. Just because it's big, wicked-looking, and ugly doesn't mean it works for Dracula. Words hurt, too. <laughs> Please, said the creature. Your companion is correct. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Freddy. Fuck that. <laughs> fucking, so fucking much. For real? <laughs> Fuck, seriously? <laughs> what the fuck? It was like it was like halfway through writing this book, this guy tripped over a copy of a Discworld book and then like decided like, hey, I can I can do that. It is yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see the influences there. Say, no kidding. We have a guy in the horror movies back home. His name is Freddy, too. Ah, but Freddy with an I-E? Hmm. No, I suppose it's with a Y. Uh. Well, well uh. there you go. All good monsters have their names end with an I-E, all bad ones with a Y. Helps keep things straight. Do you think it would be possible to eat my own head? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if it's possible, but I think that I'm going to give it a try as well. <laughs> I think you would have like the most luck if you were to uh, extend your jaw so much that your head goes inside out and like you you reverse bite. Hmm. And now David Blaine will eat his own head. <laughs> good monsters said simon skeptically give a fella a break said freddy rearing to his full height with no small amount of dig of indignity a clatter of loose scales tumbled to the floor like snow i have a few bad habits and we all lose our temper sometimes but all in all i must say i'm a pretty nice guy why, then, has Dracula not possessed you? Don't you think he's tried? But, you see, we smart monsters, Freddy tapped his bulbous head cagily, we know how to outwit the old skunk. It's the dumb ones that are in its sway. Not that we don't get tempted sometimes. 
Is this does this happen at any point in the games? No. I can't imagine that it would. No. Now I, I imagine in the in the games you're you're just killing. Oh, oh, that's the thing with these books is that they had to to soft soap a lot of the violence. That's also true. Yeah, like you you couldn't just have them going about killing things. Plus, I suppose there is an argument to be made for like subverting expectations. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you have to be a good, good writer to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna allow this book to to, to skate by on that. That's just fucking Freddy. Um, I, I think that the reason for this nonsense is that they couldn't just have him go through and murder monsters. Or what? Kids would murder uh, vampires in real life. That was, I mean, that was a thing with the public Hayes books. Is that? I guess Scholastic maybe made them do it, but they were like references. That's why uh, Solid Justin doesn't really shoot anyone very much. Yeah, you know, because I remember at night I can still smell the bodies burning from when all the kids read Tolkien and then went and killed orcs. Dude, I don't know, man. Fucking Freddy? (laughs) <laughs> You're so mad about Freddy. Let's up on that. Yes, said Simon. I too have a temptation problem. Mm. This is one of the reasons that Timothy Bradley is here with me to remind me that I am being tempted. Are Simon and Monster going to make out? <laughs> I fucking hope so. <laughs> and again, he has done an excellent job and i thank him and i thank him too said freddy bloodshot thyroid eyes bulging almost comically but for you good sir timothy i would surely have been snapped back into ye old nasty dimension from whence all monsters good and bad arise and let me tell you that is not a nice place no, I far prefer the twisted passages of Berkeley Mansion and Viros Woods to that other dimension. But that's where we're trying to send Dracula, isn't it? said Tim excitedly. Precisely, said Simon. But he stubbornly clings to this world. Why is this, Freddy Monster? Fuck what is you. What is the allure of the land of Castlevania that Count Dracula should want to stay here when it would be so much easier for him to just let go and drift back to his home dimension? Simple, said Freddy. Here, he's big stuff. Back home, he's just another creep. Here, he's boss. Back there, he takes orders. But who from? The biggest monster of them all, that's who. Man, Godzilla, <laughs> the master of death, Thanatos. Freddy Monster shivered. Gazookas. It. it gives me the willies just to think about him. Just pray you don't ever run into him. Thank you for your advice, Freddy Monster. Ugh. Said Simon with the utmost seriousness. How? I'm sorry. But perhaps you can be of further help to us. Sure, 
advice I can give, but I can't help you get to Dracula. We've got some sort of a truce, you see. That's all right, Tim said. All we need is some help. The lady caretaker upstairs mentioned that there are all kinds of unpleasant creatures down in this cellar. Oh, yes, she would. Well, we're just monsters, don't you know? Well, I guess I can put the word out. Can't guarantee much, though. Freddy smiled. Maybe you can also tell us where the dungeon with Dracula's rib is. Oh, sure, that smelly old thing. Freddy Monster pointed a claw. It's that way. Take a right at the fork. Thanks, Freddy, said Tim. You've been a real help. You're a real credit to monsterdom. Freddy Monster <sighs> took a deep bow, dislodging a number of small furry insects from the crevices on his body, all of which scurried back to his hairy feet for shelter. Wait, does he have fur Glad or to be scales? of service to you, gentlemen. Why not both? Does it matter? Does anything matter? <sighs> Nothing. None of this matters. Tim and Simon bowed in return. Then they headed deeper into the darkness of the dungeons. I thought they were supposed to take a left at the fort. Is the monster tricking them? Uh. Hmm. Uh, he, he did say take a right at the fork just then. Uh, I thought Ezra Perkins said that they're supposed to go left. I said uh, go down the staircase, past the door, take a left at the bottom, and watch out for the troll. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 okay. The skeletons were what tipped Tim to the fact that they were in the right place. It was dark and dank, just like a dungeon was supposed to be. Somewhere, water dripped, and in the distance, monsters shuffled. But it was when Tim smacked into the hanging bones that he knew they'd made it. They hung from the ceiling like grisly decorations, grim reminders of exactly what sort of fellow this Dracula was. When Tim hit the bones, they clattered and clinked around like castanets on Celebration Day. Tim jumped back, scared, nearly witless. I mean, the amount of time and effort it would have taken for all of those skeletons to be articulated does say some pretty dark shit about Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, looks like Bone Day in biology class, he said. Trying to make a joke so he wouldn't be Is spooked. Is that a joke? It just sounds like a statement. Sounds like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tim has a very unique understanding of what is and isn't a joke. And by extension, this writer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess trying to, you know, keep a positive spin on things or change your focus away from the fact that you're looking at, again, uh, very, very uh, explicitly displayed and articulated skeletons. That's, that's a lot of effort. Yeah. That's, that's grim. That's dark. Yeah. So, yeah. Simon grunted. And look, on that platform up there, 
the item that we seek. Tim, still wary of these skeletons. In this world, you never knew when skeletons would come alive and clatter down to grab a hold of your neck and squeeze. Stared up. No bones about it. I mean, yeah, there it is. (laughs) Keep going, don't mind me. (laughs) And there it was indeed. The rib was bleached a bright white. It sat on a short pedestal and was encased in a globe made of crystal. Simon strode toward the winding steps that led toward the rib. However, before he could get very far, there was a sudden rumbling sound from deep in the earth. The floor shook, a fissure opened in the rock, and something emerged that made Tim want to just forget this whole thing, go run back to his home dimension, and hide under his bed. It was an eyeball. A flying eyeball. Game hint. Yay! (laughs) When you get to Ajiba, buy garlic and laurels. You'll have to go through the floor to buy garlic. What? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was... I mean, it was still a Castlevania game, so there are certain areas that you, you know, had to, like, break a wall open to to get to, or things like that. (sighs) They hid vendors in secret rooms a lot of the time. They did. Yeah, and and you used hearts to buy it. Oh, wait a minute, is that, like, because they're selling things that are harmful to Dracula, they're like... Oh. There's no um, universe explanation for it. It's yeah. just... Yeah. Yeah. Find the hidden passage to go to where a good thing is. Yep. Now eat your wall chicken. <laughs> there hasn't been a wall chicken in this mm. whole goddamn book, and I'm so mad about it. I don't think there's gonna be. I'm convinced Yeah, of all the point. things the writer was like, what? Chicken in a wall? That would rot. I'm not putting that in. That's that's just unbelievable. Yeah. And fucking Freddy the monster. I like the things that you specifically choose to get really mad about. I don't specifically choose them. It's not like I sought out this terrible fucking writer. <laughs> And was just like making a checklist of things he was going to do to piss me off. It was just the names really get me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you, you kind of have a whole thing about names too. Like it, it really upsets you when names are stupid. It does. It does it really does? Miss Perkins. That's a bad name, but but Freddy the Monster? No, no. Not Freddy the Monster. Freddy Monster. (sighs) And Desiderata Perkins. Is it Desa or Eza Dorada? Uh, Eza Dorada, I think is what it was. Yeah. Yeah, Eza Dorada. Could have just left it 
Yeah, like, like I, you know what they, what he was going for. He was going for like an Esmeralda. Like he was going for that style of name, and then just decided, you know what? As a Dorada, really, I think she's a Perkins. <laughs> I think that this, that this Romani woman of magical ability that lives between dimensions and whose only job is to make a haunted house look like a haunted house. Yeah, she's a Perkins. Makes sense. Sure. Yeah, this book would have fallen apart had he not given her a last name. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't have been able to just be like, oh, as a Murata. You know, I, I feel like uh, on a deeper level, the the entire, like, I guess, thematic thrust of everything that we read today is that you shouldn't take things on appearances. Yawn. I guess is a lesson, but... I mean, you know, it, again, it's a it's a book for kids, y'all. Like, you're sure you have to get your moral lessons in somewhere. And yes, there are better uh, yeah, yeah, examples like, of that. But like, if the kids aren't yeah. reading those books and they are reading this one, it's probably all right that you know you you put that sort of thing in. Yeah, there's nothing. But 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 I I do wish that this book were better and more interesting. I, I as well. Yes, I. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that Chris kind of nailed it with the Terry Pratchett comparison. Now Pratchett, of course, is a much, oh, much yeah. better writer. Like it, it's um, insulting to compare them. Yeah, it really is. No, uh, I only do so because it does feel like this guy just tripped over a copy of Discworld and then decided suddenly that his books were going to have the same kind of feel to them. Yeah, it really came out of nowhere. Like th- this felt like a completely different book than the book that we had been reading before. In a lot of ways, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Like suddenly, the world around them has a sense of humor that it never had before. Tim was bad telling lame jokes. Yeah, sure, a bad sense of humor, absolutely. But still, you know, the, there weren't terrible puns and like silliness and unexpected things happening at the end, for instance. Or, you know, the, the signpost, sure, it was weird and magical, but it still had that sort of feeling of grim this Castlevania is a dark and terrifying place, but this suddenly felt like like Disney's haunted mansion. Or I'm just, I don't know. I'm just going to go uh, ahead and say it. Um, before, when the book was taking itself seriously, it was like fun to poke at it. But now that it's like almost as if and now that wacky. it's almost responding to us doing that, as if like. Oh, oh! It's all a joke. I, 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 I'm in on the joke too, right, guys? <laughs> We're all having fun, right, guys? And then, and now it's just ruined. It's it's your dad coming in and trying to use memes. It's learning. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was I'm still excited about the game hints because I think that that's a <laughs> it's a great way 
to like help force the connection between the actual video game and this incredibly missed shot of a book. I just um, figured you were going to be excited about finally being able to beat the game. <laughs> if uh, if you're playing Castlevania 2 for the first time... I'm sorry. Yeah, it wasn't a terrible game. It no, it really wasn't, actually. It was, it was a lot of fun, but, you know, if if you're playing it for the first time... Because you heard about it on our podcast and you thought, oh, well, I can listen along and get these game hints, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for whatever has led you to that particular moment in time in your life, oh, hypothetical listener person. I mean, I think the sad part is that while this is like interesting it's not 1990 anymore and you can find a full detailed walkthrough uh, on the internet thanks for negating the premise kane (laughs) (laughs) doing a whole bit about if you're playing castlevania 2 for the first time did did you think that people were going to think that it was 1990 maybe (laughs) if we try hard Hmm. enough I guess it depends on how much fuchsia and fucking teal is all over the place. <laughs> you know what my favorite part of 1990 was? The podcasts. <laughs> you know what my favorite part of 1990 was? <laughs> Being born. Jesus Christ. Shut the fuck up. God damn it. My favorite part of 1990 was... Uh, the song Unbelievable being played on New Year's Eve 1989. Oh, want the funk. Unbelievable. Part of 1990 was like Super Soakers and yeah. Spider-Man or for nothing. You know, honestly, I, I think that I personally think that we've said all that needs to be said. Yeah, I guess about you're right. Worlds we've, of Power, yeah. Castlevania, Simon's Quest. We've we've dissected the the premise and the yeah, I guess yeah, you're and, not and wrong. also now the book is trying to be in on the joke and it's 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 all coming down. Mm. It's, uh, it's become yeah. weirdly self. Although I, I think awkward. that it's it's in on the jokeness is it really is just the fact that like this is this was a level where you were just fighting monsters. And they weren't allowed to have that much violence. So they're like, well, what the fuck? What do we do? Call him Freddy. Yeah, call him Freddy. He's a good monster. We don't fight him. We talk about him and have a giggle. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. Is he furry? Is he scaly? Oh, oh. He's just a weird chimera of. Do you know how many of those monsters I've fought in Castlevania? Um, a lot of them. Zero. There's no fucking things <laughs> like that in oh, Castlevania. <laughs> I was I was thinking of the uh, like creature from the Black Lagoon sort of swamp oh, yeah, yeah. monster I mean, thing. monsters, yeah, yeah but yeah, he's yeah. not oh, yeah. he's not that. That's true. He, he's a troll thing with scales <clears> and fur. <throat> Never encountered anything like that in Castlevania. I mean, he's I mean, he's scaly on the top and furry on the bottom. What's wrong with that? I, I is that like a monster <laughs> mullet? 
<laughs> I want to make a quick distinction. While I do think that we're just we're just done, like we've made all the jokes with this. Yeah. I I would I would yeah, like to continue included. more Worlds of Power books though. Yeah, not not necessarily next, but 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 there are some more. Yeah, we could we could definitely check out some more. I don't know. Uh, what do are the people at now, home things? Yeah, yeah. If you want to like us doing these video game ad- there was a uh, I remember because I had it. It was an adaptation of the game Mist that also sucked hard. <laughs> <laughs> that, that we could dig into. Um. So so, what do we think about Castlevania Worlds of Power Simon's Quest? At Back least there's game hints, right? Game hints are good. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I honestly think this one is better than Metal Gear. Really? I do. Yeah. Like, I, I fully I... disagree, but, but continue. Well, it just feels as if in this story, and, you know, we haven't gotten to the end yet. We're really... We only got about halfway through the book. I don't but want to get to the end. Like it's fine. There is some element of character growth, which was completely yeah, lacking. I in... mean, that's true. I well, in order um, for character growth to be interesting to me, I the characters have to be interesting. Yeah, I find this book more annoying. Um, sure, and at least sure. with Metal Gear, it had some kind of in-universe uh, uh, c- consistency. Yeah, well, I mean, aside from the, like, suddenly we're in a desert and there are giant scorpions, right. and then we're back inside of a building. Um, so inside of a jungle, inside of a building, there is a desert. That's all, like weird. all like all that I mean but, is that it was pulling from a video game. This I like I don't I don't know right. what it's pulling from. Like it it doesn't really closely resemble Castlevania outside of yeah. outside of names. Like it doesn't feel like Castlevania. It doesn't it's Yeah, there was not a single um, well, floating Medusa head. I mean I, I can I mean again, like I don't know how the the, the research that I did suggested that the writers of these books did play the video games as research for these novels. Um, but it, but basically they speed ran them. I would maybe argue that they didn't necessarily finish the games. Sounds like a personal problem. I mean, maybe they did and they were and and, you know, because they were Nintendo games they were, you know, they only had so many bits. The story was so threadbare like they had to embellish in these absurd directions I find it interesting that like this particular book this particular story involves taking a character like a, a kid from our world quote um, and putting him into the game world which was not something that had any kind of, you know, there, there was no whiff of that whatsoever no. in Metal Gear, which is probably good. It would be really annoying if that <laughs> was like a trope through all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Although I'm almost surprised they did. It would be that. hilarious to see a chocolate-eating Timothy trying to stealth through a secret base with uh, guys with guns. Oh my god, what if Tim was in every <laughs> book? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, God, that would be awful. Although, I mean, at that point, you're basically just doing Captain N. Yeah. Um, should we at least acknowledge that? Because I'm, I'm currently looking at the, the book, the end of the book, um, where, where it's it's saying, if you liked reading Castlevania 2, Here's a list of other books that I thought you might like. The Black Cauldron, The Nicula, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Eight Tales of Terror, The Eyes of the Dragon, and The Hobbit. I mean, all better books. That's what I'm for real, honestly. So I I guess the best yeah. function that this book <laughs> serves is that on one page, there's a list of other books that are that you could go read. <laughs> um, so fuck yeah, we've been at it for some time. Um, do we have any more thoughts about Howard Simon's Quest, Castlevania Two, Electric Boogaloo? I'm not. I mean, it's 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 fine. It's I'm. It's. I don't, I, I, I'm never going to recommend other people read this. Right. <laughs> but it's fine. I'm, I'm not, not sure. Thing, I don't know. If I'm it not is sure fine. what it sets out to do. Whatever it is, it failed. Yeah. <laughs> because I read books that were written, you know, at this reader level at the time that this book was published. That like would have been been on the same shelf with it. And I still feel like I would have been bored of this and put it down. I was finding parts of it while we were reading, particularly today, that made me think if I were reading this when I was like 10 or 11. Sure. Um, Plastic book fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I might, ha- I mean, I probably would have not, it wouldn't have become my favorite book or anything. But I would have been sufficiently entertained by it. And probably, honestly, at that time, would have found myself identifying in some ways with the character of Tim. I, I, that's just slightly nerdy, socially awkward kid sure. who uses humor to diffuse situations and has unhealthy eating habits. Yeah, that sounds like me at 10. Which I, which I think maybe is, is the point of, of the character of Jim. Give the audience an entry point into the, into the story. Sure. And because there's really no way, like, you couldn't do this one the same way that they did Metal Gear. Like, you, there's no joy to it. It would just be... Actually doing the story of Castlevania is just grim. And Especially Simon's Quest, right? Yeah, yeah. That game was that game was dark. And that was a point I was about to bring up. Uh, <clears throat> one of the biggest flaws I think with this book is how childproof safety lock it is. When like I I like isn't that trying to like like hey let's take let's take uh, yeah Sanitize and it. like and and you completely lose the point of the setting when you do that. So why, like, I, 
yeah. even adapted. Uh, like, like I feel like this is a perfect setting for a scary book for kids, which yeah. can be done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could have been done in like a uh, Goosebumps or yeah, yeah. like Christopher Pine, oh, yeah. Christopher Pike, uh, fucking Coraline, sort of which is terrifying now. <laughs> Oh, I mean, sure. honestly, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark did not pull any punches. No, those books were dark. Yeah. Mostly I mean, for the artwork. Well, I mean, like, there was like a half of the book was like scary stories with, you know, scary stuff in it. And then the other half was the funny scary stories. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Just saying. Freddy the fucking monster didn't have a place. I agree with uh, Don Bluth in this sort of situation, where he says you can show a kid anything as long as it has a happy ending. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I'm certainly not saying that they were all, like, not scary. They, there were some scary things in there, some things that were definitely um, disturbing, frightening, what have you, but the artwork is what really stuck oh, with yeah. me. No, Stephen like, Gamble's art yeah. was... I mean, it influenced me. Sure, sure. So in the defense of the like moral majority types, you're like, no, children shouldn't be exposed to that. We're the generation that got exposed to scary stories to tell in the dark, and like the, the really kind of mature Batman And cartoon. look how great we turned out. And look how well, look how we turned out. Kids, I guess, bounce. <laughs> yeah. Or they just grow yeah. into weird With podcasts. <laughs> With weird, podcasts. rambling, bizarre podcasts. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's enough said about that, unless we want to go off. I think that pretty community. much covers it. I think, I think I'm good. Is that it? Yeah, I think we've done it. Yo, so yeah, again, like we said earlier, and we'll probably say again, um, if you like what we're doing, we have the Patreon, give us a couple bucks, and we'll keep doing it. Unable to do that, I get it, it's fine, don't feel like you have to. If you're able to give us a review, or a like, or a subscribe on YouTube, don't forget to ring the fucking bell. I was really aggressive. Yeah. And threatening. Sometimes that gets results. Any copyrighted content contained within this podcast used for purposes of review. Brainworms podcast is David Combs, Christian Schaefer, and Joseph Wells. Editing and post-production by David Combs. Are provided by Kane Magdalene. The theme music is HodgePod Number 1 by Brian Davis. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon or Ko-Fi, or by leaving a review on your favorite listening app.